cliffcentral.com. It's time for Anthea to give us the latest in the money shot this morning. Anthea uh, pops in every now and then to tell us what's going on in the markets, to tell us what's happening with our money, to tell us whether our money's growing or going backwards, and to talk about things like this week, interest rates. But I know you only come for the music, so here it is. <laughs> this is the reason most people wake up on a Monday to hear Anthea. Oh. I want to hear a theme song. Build the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Very nice, Anthea. Leanne, you Yet did such version. a great job on this, Leanne. Very nice. Isn't that nice, Anthea? Thank you. Thank you so much, Leanne. That was great. All Pleasure. right. So what's happening? So some great news today. Mm-hmm. We got last week the Reserve Bank lowered the interest rate. Yay. Yay. That is good By news. By only a quarter of a percent, but at least oh. I think it's the right tra- trajectory. And so many people said, so were you expecting it? I was like, I was hoping for it. But then I've been hoping for it for the last year. <laughs> Um, the repo rate is now 6.25%. So that's kind of the rate, the, the base rate, if you like. Um, and then prime rate is what the, what the banks charge us, 9.75%. So your right. mortgage, mortgage is now cheaper. Now, this is good news, but it's also uh, maybe just, you know, it's like a, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a panacea because what might happen if we get downgraded and if this is the year where it all becomes very difficult Thank for you, Lissetia. You sound like Lissetia now. Yeah, then, then at least we're giving people a little bit of a break before that happens. Well, but no, they could so have the made Reserve it, Bank... Did they have to make it 0.25? Oh, I mean, really, you know, like these are such minuscule things. Couldn't they have just gone half a percent or a percent? I, I also asked that question. Like, really? Time, what, what's with this quarter percent faffing around here and there? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure it's going to make that much difference, to be honest. But what you were saying about... Um, the concerns about the downgrade, that's the excuse the Reserve Bank has been using, right? They say, no, when the downgrade happens, we want a stronger currency and therefore we can't cut rates, even though there is no GDP growth. And by the way, they did revise GDP growth down to 0.4%, same as the World Bank for this year. So that's a concern. They did say that inflation would remain this year at 4.1%. So inflation's not the problem. Um, we don't have growth. And we all know, and I sound like a stuck record when I say it, the Reserve Bank's mandate is to maintain inflation, not to create GDP growth. But also, 60% of our economy is driven by consumer spending. And if the yeah. consumer has more money in their pocket, they will go out and spend. So I'm not sure that you're going to feel like you've got more money in your pocket with a quarter of a percent rate cut, actually. No, probably not going to make very much difference. But nonetheless, it's a move in the right direction and something that you've been calling for for a long time. Exactly. That's true. All right. So let's talk about this new trade deal, the greatest trade deal, the U.S. and China. Uh, You know, Trump actually said that. He said the biggest deal anyone has ever seen. Sorry, I can't do that voice. But (laughs) The biggest deal. Anyone, anyone has, has ever, ever seen. seen. It's not the. It sounds so like him. Idiot. <laughs> so go on. What is it? Uh, so yeah. So they've just agreed <laughs> on what they're going to buy and sell between each other. Obviously, China is committed to supporting the U.S. a bit more from a trade, particularly in agriculture. Um, and I guess the U.S. has said, "Fine. Well, then we won't put higher tariffs on your products." So in other so, words, he got them to the table. 
Yeah, he got them to the uh, let's table. Let's just look at this because, you know, a lot of people don't like to acknowledge the fact that China is basically an intellectual property thief. And most of the good ideas that come out of America get retro-engineered into new products in China. And they also, they, you know, they get ideas from the Koreans and lots of other places. But it's always been that America just bent over and took it from China. And and now, uh, because Donald Trump is such a <laughs> insert word here, because <laughs> you can decide whether you think he's a he's a stupid idiot or a, a you know a, a brilliant negotiator. The fact is, he's got them to the table. He did threaten to slap huge sanctions on and and certainly on tariffs uh, in terms of Chinese products in America, which got the Chinese a little jumpy, right? Yeah. And now there's probably a more equitable deal. It may not be the greatest deal in history, like he says, but it sounds like it's a little more equitable. I don't think it's that clear cut. I don't think that he's going to slap higher tariffs on Chinese goods and the Americans will import less. I think the American consumer is now paying more for their goods that they import in China. I agree with you. China's a bully and a thief of IP. Um, but... You, you know, so so what happened two years ago when this trade deal came into being is that people stopped trading with each other. You know, we didn't know where the global economy was going. And in fact, economists have predicted that it has wiped off. And we only know this after the fact. Mm. You can only look in hindsight with these sorts of, sorts of things. It's taken half a percent off global GDP. Yeah. Um, it's taken a quarter of a percent off the Chinese GDP, and I, I didn't, I haven't yet seen a figure for the American GDP. I think the only winners here are Trump and Xi Jinping, actually, Mr. Chittal, President Chittal. Um, so, <laughs> isn't that what? what yes. Of yeah. <laughs> um, Let's go with that for now. <laughs> and I, I think the losers are, in fact, the American companies and consumers, uh, farmers and manufacturers. The winners, I must say, must be countries like us, actually, where. China and the U.S. now didn't want to deal with each other, so they sent trade. So trade increased between Mexico, Taiwan, Vietnam, emerging markets probably. We were probably the winners out of all of this, to be honest. Okay. So the New Deal halves tariff tariff rates on $120 billion worth of goods, but most of the higher duties, which affect another $360 billion of Chinese goods and more than $100 billion worth of U.S. exports are still in place. So that's not great news for anybody. Like, I think... And I think a storm in a teacup is probably what this is all about. And nobody's the only people who have come up who have benefited from this are the two presidents who now look like superstars for negotiating a deal. All right. Um, what about the story that we've been talking about nonstop with Peter Moyo and Old Mutual? Oh, yes. So a court ruled that Old Mutual now has to give fired C oh sorry, doesn't have to take fired CEO Peter Moyo back. The yeah. share jumped 6%. <laughs> right. We know that. I mean, of course, Peter Moyo, who's fighting for, I believe it's a 30 million rand paycheck, um, is going to oppose this ruling. And I heard so he's his appealing lawyer. It. Yeah, appealing it. Thank you. Um, and his lawyer will start kind of a, the appeal shortly. But it's such an odd one. You, you know, if you were the CEO and they fired you and took you to court in a court rule, surely you just stepped down graciously. Surely nobody wants you there. Go now. Yeah. Um, and but that's it, th- it is. this is also, you know, it's been dragged out and it's been such an embarrassing thing and it has affected the share price and exactly negatively. Oh, it's just horrible. The share price. Um, it's and the other big news in, in 
the corporate world last week was the CEO of Woolworths uh, stepped down. Mm. Uh, that's Ian Moyer. Yeah. That's right. So Moyer had already last year said he was moving to Australia to fix Australia because that's a disaster. That was the David Jones deal. That's right. Which yes. he... Uh, was responsible for exactly which which he's already lost twelve billion rand on, <laughs> yeah. Mm. And so now they're replacing him as CEO of Woolworths. He will be succeeded by Roy Bagatini, who is in fact South African and currently president of Levi Strauss. Woolworths share was up nine percent when they made this announcement. So I think uh, investors liking this quite a bit. Bagatini's he, he's got um, a, a good retail pedigree. He's been at Carlsberg. Um, he's been at Levi Strauss, and then before that, I'm trying to think, SAB Miller as well. But Woolworths has generally performed quite well, haven't they? No, it's it mm-hmm. struggled since since the Australian expansion. David Jones, um, it, it really has not done that well. Food so, food wise, it's doing really. It's been doing well. Spot on. Yes. So the food has done exceptionally well, yeah. even though it's so expensive. Um, they've got their fashion wrong a couple of times in South Africa, even. And I, I think with a competition like Zara, H&M, Mr. Price Clothing, the clothing has struggled a bit. You, you know, it's not, um, it, it, it's not your, it's not the place where people go for their standard issue workloads anymore. Hmm. All right. So many retailers in the news, though. Hey? We've also got MassMart. What about them? So they said they're closing oh, some yes. of their stores, 23 Dion Wired stores and 11 Cashmart stores. They're busy consulting with the unions about retrenching 1,400 staff members. I mean, this is the new CEO, Mitchell Slate. This is kind of his big story, his big first move, if you like. Um, already, you, we know MassMart's been in trouble, right? Already last year, they cut their dividend by 40% their full-year dividend by 40% and scrapped their interim dividend. And the stock is more than halved over the last 12 months. Um, so, so it's really a matter of time for survival. You know, we need to do what we need to do to get on with it. So this isn't necessarily um, an e-commerce related thing. I think it is actually. Do you? Yes, I absolutely do. So Dion Wired compared to so how often do you go into Dion Wired to buy a cable for your phone or a charger or earphones or whatever it is you need to replace a keyboard? You order it online, don't you? Yeah, this unless exactly, I happen to be walking past. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. This is exactly the place where I think e-commerce will struggle or, or where e-commerce will make the bricks and mortar stores uh, struggle because it's the tech-savvy people that go and shop online. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, another thing that's worth m- mentioning here while we're talking about companies, uh, Naspass, is apparently the CEO, Bob Van Dijk, had monetized one billion rand. Now, what does that actually mean? He sold shares to the value of one billion rand. He's sitting on one billion rand in cash at the His moment. own shares. Yes. Now, normally when a CEO… <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> so so comfortable. <laughs> Feels like silk normally on my Normally when a CEO does that, people get a bit nervous. Absolutely. Called it. Um, yes. So we are a bit nervous. <laughs> We're very nervous, in fact. He has said that he's planning to reinvest the shares into corporate bonds. Um, and Process, which is the company that spun out of Nasdaq, um, has raised $1.25 billion, 18 billion rand, um, through a, what they call a 10-year bond issue. So it matures in 10 years' time. And he said he would do it um, – in the market, in the open market, which surprises me because, I mean, we'll be watching it. And the great thing about the open market is we can see because he has to list it or, or the JSC has to list it. Um, so he's saying he's taking out of shares and buying bonds where the yields are better. Blah, blah, blah. 
the, the interesting thing with NASPERS and Process at the moment is that they're trading at a huge discount to NAV, net asset value. Mm-hmm. So NASPERS is about at a 45% discount to NAV and Process at 35 And we thought, or everyone thought, that when the two companies separated, that this discount would narrow or close and you'd see real value in the NASPERS share. All the shareholders last in the last, I don't know, three years have been calling for NASPERS to spin out, you know, kind of, um, it's it's um, what you call private equity assets, if you like investments, but it hasn't happened. And I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure why it hasn't happened. I think people are just nervous. And then of course, with process, there was also the Just Eats deal, which didn't happen. So I can understand why that why that share has struggled a bit. But if you ask me, I would be holding on to Nasbes. It's a huge. 45% is a huge discount to NAV. So basically think about it this way. If they took the company and completely broke it up and sold it off into its tangible parts, you would get 50% more than what the shares valued. So it makes sense to hold on to nice pair of shares until that discount narrows. Unless it trades like an investment holding company, which generally tend to trade at a discount, then it won't narrow to zero or it won't – um, come to par when he sells his shares, mm-hmm. monetizes them. Mm-hmm. I mean, those shares now become available. Mm. No, no. Uh, yes, yes, but no. he, they're on the market, right? Yeah, right. So he, he was holding them in his personal he account, yeah. and somebody else has bought them already. Actually, oh, okay. so, so the stock market, there's no, there was no market maker. There's no for, bump in the share price. No, well, there would have been because if you're dumping shares into the market. People can just see that happening and wait for a cheaper price. They can see that there's a lot of selling. It does put pressure on the share, but a little bit. Yeah, not but, well, but, in Naspers's case, not much because it's such a huge share, no. right? One, a billion rand is actually not that much money in Naspers. No, wow. Can't remember what the isn't that market amazing? cap is. That's of, amazing. I must have a quick squeeze and see um, what the market just cap. Just quickly, is. we've spoken and uh, joked, ha ha ha, so often about the cobalt mines, but um, Glencore is in talks to supply Tesla with cobalt for its electric cars. I know this is very exciting. So they're looking at a long, long-term contract to ship cobalt to Tesla's new electric vehicle factory in Shanghai, which is where uh, Elon Musk did his little dance two weeks ago, I think. Um, the, the issue with cobalt, of course, that it is mined mostly in politically unstable countries in Africa like the DRC. And I think that cobalt is very small in Glencore's life. It's about 10% of revenue. Um, but the concern, of course, is that Glencore is also under investigation from the Department of Justice in the U.S. and the regulatory body in the U.K., um, and I think partly it's got to do – they haven't said for sure, but we're surmising that it's got to do with um, the plant in the DRC or these politically unstable countries where I suspect it's hard to do business without a little bit of a backhand here and yeah. a backhand there. So, so that would be my concern with this deal, but very exciting for Glencore, I think. All right, and then quickly, uh, something that you'd like to, to put in as a public service announcement. Can someone please take away Tito Mboweni's Twitter, <laughs> just like we want them to take away Donald Trump's Twitter? What, why do you say this, Anthea? Because last week, Friday, as I was about to close off for the day, Tito um, tweeted, and, and we know he's, he's famous for his tweets about the streets of Kigali and commercializing mm, sure. cannabis. And, you know, he posted this massive bush, cannabis bush that he had found on his farm, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Friday afternoon, he tweeted, politics and longevity, full stop. 
<laughs> okay, there's a statement for you. Right. Political history shows that overstaying your time in office is bad. Unlike royalty, you may be rejected from state house in an undignified matter, manner. It is good to retire gracefully. And the market went, oh, shit, he's retiring. Mm. <laughs> okay. And then, of course, somebody said to him, well, what are you, where are you going? And he went, what do you mean, where am I going? Like, why are you yeah, resigning? Yeah, what's the context? Yeah, exactly. Is it a friend of yours? <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, resign from where? God, Tita, do you not know that you're a public figure and finance minister? He says, no, no, no. I was referring to heads of state who have overstayed their welcome. Mm. I'm not a head of state. Now, so next time, can you please be less uh, <laughs> cryptic? Puzzling, cryptic. <laughs> That's ridiculous. The rand lost on that. The oh, rand lost seven word. cents. Oh my word! See, and real world consequences for you having stupid social media account. Unless he he just felt like playing the fool that day and seeing what happens. Yeah, you don't get to play the fool when you're the finance minister. <laughs> yeah, you I'm shouldn't afraid. be doing that. <laughs> All right, some serious advice from Anthea. Cliffcentral.com.